What's up, guys? You're listening to Burning Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Burnett Conway. Today, we're going to be recapping the Grey's Anatomy season premiere. I would just like to welcome you to our second episode, and this episode is dedicated to our healthcare heroes out on the front lines. We really appreciate you and your constant sacrifices that you all continue to make for us, so thank you. And if you're listening... I really appreciate you and thank you so much for all that you do. So this episode, um, I wanted to talk about Grey's Anatomy. The season premiere was this Thursday. It aired at 9 o'clock. Usually Grey's Anatomy airs at 8 o'clock. So this was definitely an adjustment for the network. I think that a lot of shows you're going to be seeing this with, the first show I noticed that the time changed was The Bachelorette, which usually premieres on Monday nights but now it is on Tuesday nights and this is just something you're seeing during the pandemic and you're just seeing the way television is kind of just has changed because of the pandemic so I just wanted to talk a little bit about how they portrayed that in Grey's Anatomy because they did acknowledge it the whole episode. It was a Station 19 crossover event so Station 19 actually aired at 8 o'clock. I thought that you had to watch Station 19 in order to understand Grey's Anatomy's episode, but you didn't really have to. It was a crossover event, which means that the storylines interweaved this episode. So if you did watch Station 19, it would help you to better understand Grey's Anatomy. But if you don't watch Station 19 regularly, like me, you might be a little confused during it. So I was watching Station 19 and I realized that You didn't need to watch it, but it did help you understand the story more. So in the beginning of Station 19, this is something that I noticed between the two shows. So when they did have interactions between Gray Sloan workers and Station 19's workers, you had, if it was from Station 19, the camera angle was from the firefighter's perspective. Whereas if it was from, if it was during the Gray's Anatomy episode, the camera was from a Gray Sloan's workers perspective so the first scene opened up and you see from bailey's husband's perspective because they're outside gray sloan applauding doctors and nurses so when it opens up in gray's anatomy it's the same exact scene but the camera angle is from bailey's perspective looking at her husband who is applauding her from his perspective in the station 19 episode so i thought this was really cool they also did it again later when they brought in um, a burn victim. So that was really cool. So after that happens, you see Meredith Grey and Richard Weber comes back to the hospital after that scene. He sees Miranda and she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, Miranda, like I've done my hip therapy. I'm all good. And so she's like, okay, well, you need to read the the safety protocols. This is a completely new hospital because they had to adjust and change everything because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So anyway, they go into the hospital and they see Meredith and she's in her scrubs, but also like the mask she was wearing, it was like a ventilation system. I'm not sure specifically what it's called, but it was like, kind of looked like the top of a hazmat suit with a tube coming out to let like oxygen and probably filter stuff out. But she was like, um, she said the patient's name. I think his name was Marvin something. He died. And she was like, Marvin, whatever, just died. 
he was fine an hour ago or fine like last night this all sudden she's like this is my fourth patient I've lost today and they're all dying alone and it honestly gave me chills because it's like feels very real because obviously that's what that's what's going on right now and after that happened you see a text that says April 2020 and when that happened I was like oh my gosh it's a it's about to hit the fan because you kind of know where it's going to go. Like the episode's going to be a little chaotic because, I mean, if you think back to April, the world was kind of just in a pack panic and not that it isn't still, but it was just when everything kind of started breaking out in the United States. So it was just very intense. And right off the bat, it starts out dramatic as you move forward. Like Weber um, sees this character, Perez. I thought that the episode did a really good job dealing with important topics to discuss and that are important to have conversations about. So, for example, um, they talked about the importance of using proper pronouns for people who identify as non-binary or LGBTQ plus community. They do a good job always including people and having equal representation in their characters, which I think is really important. And I think a lot of times shows are afraid to do that, but Grey's Anatomy is never afraid to portray what they think is right and what they think deserves to be heard. So I think that they always do a good job having equal representation and talking about topics that make people uncomfortable because the reason they're uncomfortable is because they should be accepted and... I think that the reason why it's uncomfortable is because those conversations need to be had so that everyone feels equally represented. So I think that Grey's Anatomy does a really good job at doing that. They also like lightly touched upon racism, which I think is really important to talk about, especially now during the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I just thought it was really important to talk about. Going forward, they introduced this character, Perez, who dealt with a patient that came into the hospital and he was experiencing an allergic reaction and he made a racist remark about a doctor so Perez told him like he could go to the parking lot and go into anaphylactic shock which was kind of like a comedic relief but also an important conversation additionally he like saw Weber and I've never really noticed this character before I think that he's a new character but I could be wrong his name was Perez and like he was like to me not me <laughs> I wish I was in the show but he said to um Weber that oh like welcome back Dr. Weber hearts oh my god and I like just really liked his presence and like the fun energy that he brought to the show. So I really hope that they explore his character more, which I think they will. He was in light blue scrubs. So I'm guessing he's not like, I'm guessing he's more like an intern, something like that. So I really hope they explore his character. Otherwise, they wouldn't have introduced him there because you don't introduce someone if they're not important. Weber kind of annoyed me this episode in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Weber annoys me a lot. Um, I think Catherine is like really trying with him and he's giving her a hard time. So Weber kind of got on my nerves a little, especially when he kept bothering Bailey, which we're in the middle of a pandemic, even in the episode and in Grey's Anatomy world. And he's still bothering Bailey about the protocols and trying to recommend. And obviously like 
you have to follow the guidelines that are set because they're set to protect everyone, not just the patients, but also the staff and everyone in the hospital. So I thought that Weber was a little annoying. Um, I kind of think he's always a little annoying, but it's fine. So Weber was a little annoying. I still like his character though, but it was just a little frustrating in the episode. And then he came up with that really cool idea for the face mask to disinfect them. I don't think that's like a real thing, the thing they had for the room. If it is, that's really cool that that's a thing. But I thought the antibacterial machine was kind of just like in Grey's Anatomy world. But it would be really cool if they had, if they do have that in person, I guess I'll have to research it. But it was just really cool, his suggestion and solution for the mask. I thought like that was smart on Weber's part. So that was cool. Moving on further to Teddy and Krasik and Owen. First of all, I don't think that Teddy deserves Owen. The whole voicemail situation, you literally called your fiance, who you were marrying that night, and you called him while you're like in the middle of sleeping with someone else. How, I mean, how do you do that? And you said in the voicemail, I'm marrying Owen. And it was clear that like someone else was there. Like, it's not like she was alone. And um, I mean, like, just a little awkward. And so she called Owen and the whole OR heard it how embarrassing so the whole hospital knows and throughout the whole episode you just see owen like being treated great and you see teddy being treated like crap and it, basically the hospital took owen's side the entire hospital everyone knew about it so i thought that was really awkward and also teddy's like trying to win owen back why should you get owen back when you're just treating him like crap and she's like crying and stuff. But this entire show, we have this constant like almost like battle between whether or not they're going to be together. And they finally get together. And Shonda Rhimes is like, no, let me have Teddy cheat on Owen. Like you really must had to do it. You had to do it to us, Shonda. So that was really annoying. Um, I really can't stand Karasik. He annoys me so much. He's just kind of like a hateful character. Like, I understand people probably feel bad for him with his whole family situation. But, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing is just the fact that that happened and the constant feud between him and Owen. Not that, like, I'm the biggest fan of Owen. Owen also cheated on Christina. So, is he really any better than Teddy? I really, I don't know. But... Probably not, because if you cheat, you're a cheater. So that was that. And going further, I don't think that Teddy deserves a second chance. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. Amelia and Link are absolutely adorable together. But I mean the name Scout. What is this? Why would you choose the name Scout? I know the baby has no name now, but like Scout, really? That's, that's what you want to go with to name your kid in 2020. Like, Scout is not a good name. If there's any Scouts listening to this podcast right now, I'm sorry. Not because I said Scout's a bad name. I'm just sorry. So, <laughs> um, and like, 
I was waiting for Amelia to say that the baby's name was Derek because that would be literally so cute. Derek was her brother. Why would you not have the baby be named Derek? That would have been so cute and everyone would have been like, oh, and it would have foreshadowed the end of the episode, which we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I mean, really. Next, we have Jackson Avery, the Jackson Avery, beautiful millionaire man, and Joe, who was brokenhearted, abandoned by Alex Karev, went back with Izzy. Don't even get me started on Izzy. I'm not going to talk about Izzy because she's not even worth mentioning. I mean, she hasn't been on the show in how many seasons, and we're still hearing about Izzy. Joe, I think Joe's like one of the cutest people ever on the show. She's so sweet, and I feel like Joe constantly gets screwed over, and now she finally tries to hook up with Jackson, and it's about to happen, and she starts crying into his mouth. How awkward is that? I mean, she really needed this. She really needed this hookup, and she just kind of, she just like, R.I.P. Joe. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I mean, I felt real bad for Joe. That's so awkward. And the whole Jackson, I forget her name, but the girl who he was seeing from Station 19, she like showed up to his apartment and she's like, I can't be a stepmom. First of all, his baby is so freaking cute, but just R.I.P. Joe. R.I.P. Jackson, too, I guess. Um, That was real awkward. I felt so bad for Joe. But also, Joe and Jackson would make the most beautiful couple since probably Derek and Meredith, and before that, Mark and Lexi. I mean, like, come on. They would literally be so beautiful. We deserve this as watchers of the show. I mean, Shonda Rhimes. First of all, I don't think that they would have mentioned them hooking up And, like, they kind of have a tension between them, let's be honest. There's tension there. You could cut it with a knife. Jackson and Joe need to hook up and get rid of the tension. And I think, yeah, Jackson and Joe, that's all I have to say. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, You could call him Jackson. (laughs) um, Moving on. Also, I want to mention Maggie and her new boyfriend. They're literally so cute together. And like the whole tent scene, that was literally adorable. Melt my heart. Maggie really deserves this. So happy for Maggie. But um, I didn't really think Maggie was like that involved in this, these two episodes. Also, when the first episode ended for Grey's and then a second hour started, I was like, let's freaking go. I didn't know it was two hours. So love that. Um... Meredith and DeLuca. Hmm. This one is tricky because DeLuca's really hot and I love Meredith. But do I think Meredith deserves better? Yes. I think Derek should have came back a long time ago. Why is he dead? Let me know. But <laughs> um, I don't think that... I think DeLuca needs to work on himself and like I'm glad he is. But I think that Meredith def- definitely can do better shout out the irish doctor i don't know what she's waiting for but he's pretty beautiful and she needs to go after that because deluca i don't know 
I kind of, I love DeLuca so much. Like, I love DeLuca, but it just worries me. And I don't think he would be ready to be, like, a father for the kids and everything. So, I don't know how I feel about that. Also, the whole situation with DeLuca. So, I'm going to be honest, this episode was, like, a little confusing to follow. But there are, like, three things that can help you kind of follow the episode if you were, like, a little confused. So... One thing the show does to show the difference between past and present is when they, whenever they went back into the past, they used like this swooshing sound effect that was almost like a windish sound effect. I know that like might sound stupid, but like if you could imagine it was like a, (laughs) I can't do it, but if you could imagine like a swooshing sound effect, that's really what it sounded like. So, um, Whenever they would go back in time, they would play that effect as they cut to the past scene. And then another thing they would do with the characters, obviously, they were wearing regular masks. And like, I know in the one scene of them in the on-call room, DeLuca, his sister, and Meredith walks in. None of them are wearing masks. So that was pre-COVID. That's how you know that that happened in the past because now they all have to wear a mask at all times. Um, And they're also, when you're in the past, you know that they're in the past because they're wearing regular medical masks versus now they're wearing N95s in current, like in April when this episode takes place. Also, DeLuca was in light blue scrubs, whereas he's now in navy blue scrubs. Meredith was also in a white lab coat in the past and she's now in a now in her navy blue scrubs with that ventilator mask on you could just tell because they'll do like little effects like that like the sound effect of them traveling back in the past a lot of shows do that so like if you think of a show like 13 reasons why um I don't know if they necessarily use a sound effect but a lot of shows will use color to show the difference between past and present so like in grazing um sorry in 13 reasons why i think it's season three i think there's four seasons there might be five seasons but i think it's season three where it's the season where spoiler alert bryce walker is found dead and they're they have all the kids in the interrogation room and they're interviewing each kid one by one so they have um like a gray scale in the interrogation room the coloring is very gray and very gloomy and this kind of represents the death that Bryce's death brought with with it like the darkness and the presence that's there because it's obviously very dark someone died these kids are all being accused of it so it has this very gray scale dark gloomy presence in the coloring and then whenever they talk about the past when Bryce was still alive and they didn't deal with anything like this, it's very bright and coolish coloring. So it's a lot of blues and a lot of bright colors. So you know that this is the past because it's a different coloring scheme than the present. And a lot of shows will do this to differentiate between different time zones. A lot of shows do this and it really helps you be able to tell where you're at in the storyline and let's the viewer know 
what happened in the past versus what's happening in the present. So that was like important to know the differences for Meredith and DeLuca whenever they were in the past or the present. Jackson and Joe also happened in the past. There was a sound effect when you went back in time with them. Um, also, the way they handled DeLuca's situation I thought was really well done. It was really cool to be able to see that he got the help he needed to become like the best version of himself and that he's actively working towards being able to live a healthy life like he's able to handle it because he got the help that he needed and Grey's Anatomy again uses their platform to really draw attention to the importance of like having no stigma against any of these mental disabilities. So I thought that that was really cool. And it was also a very emotional scene if you watched it when DeLuca broke down and Dr. Weber was there, his sister. I think her name is Katerina was there. Meredith was there and Bailey was there. And Bailey spoke from her point of view where she was trying to level with DeLuca because she suffers from OCD. And I think it's that storyline with Bailey is always presented really, really well. When, whenever Bailey is discussing how she has OCD, I think they always do a really good job of portraying it in an educated way and really just always allowing for equal representation on the show in a, in a respectful way. Um, so I wanted to talk about the Irish doctor. So I always forget his name because I don't really think it's like a very Irish name. Um, we could call him Dr. Leprechaun, but as an Irish American, that's probably offensive. So I won't do that. But, (laughs) um, I love the Irish doctor. I think that he always comes in and, um, saves the day for Meredith and she like never gives him the time of day. She's always like torn between him and DeLuca, but she's never really given the Irish doctor a shot. Um... And I love the Irish doctor. I'm, I love the Irish doctor. Like, how could you not love the Irish doctor? And he is a brogue, like, and he's a doctor and he's from Ireland living in America. I mean, like, that's heaven on earth. It's just a dream. So like, step up, Meredith, take your shot. Shoot or shoot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway, I think also the Irish doctor, so we see, we see basically Meredith at the end of the episode. She's like very exhausted and DeLuca says you need to take a break. Like Meredith is clearly like overwhelmed by what's happening. They did a really good job portraying, they always do, focusing in on certain patients' storylines throughout the episode. They have these continuous storylines that make it a serial um, drama. If you don't know what a serial drama is it's basically like a netflix style show or a show like Grey's anatomy where they have continuous storylines with continuing characters and the show will always end on a hook and usually it ends on a close-up like a reaction shot of a character or it'll it'll end on one certain character so like in Grey's anatomy they end on each storyline of each character so this episode like i'm trying to think But DeLuca was, like, in a good place. Pretty much every character was in, like, a pretty good place. Except for Meredith, because she was leaving the hospital. DeLuca's, like, get some rest. She's, like, okay, thank you. So she leaves, and she's, like, fully knocked in the parking lot. Like, knocked out. Like, she's, like, 
I thought like, oh, wow, she's really, really tired. She fell asleep right in the middle of the parking lot. But then, of course, who comes to the rescue? But the hot Irish doctor comes and Lucky Charms comes and saves her. And he is like, Meredith, wake up. And she's not waking up. So then he calls for help. And the end of the episode, this is where the tears come in. You just see Meredith on the beach, which in the beginning of the episode, she kind of had this dream sequence where she was on the beach and she was literally glowing, like actually glowing. I mean, I'm sure that Ellen Pompeo glows in real life too. I wouldn't be surprised, but she's on this beach and then she wakes up and she kind of said in the beginning that doctors often imagine the unimaginable, which I'm assuming she was referring to death. So that's what she was talking about. And then she's on the beach and the dream ends and she wakes up. And then at the end of the episode, when she's knocked out on the parking lot floor and the hot Irish doctor is like, Meredith, wake up. And she's not waking up. You see her back on the beach. And then all of a sudden you hear Meredith. And I definitely don't sound like Patrick Dempsey, but I heard Meredith immediate tears immediate and then she's like she turns and she's like Derek and you're like oh god it's happening it's happening and you see Derek and of course Patrick Dempsey is also glowing because I'm sure that he glows in real life too it would not shock me if both Meredith Gray and Derek Shepard Ellen Pompeo and Patrick Dempsey glowed in real life but they were like legit glowing like, I'm, I'm betting it was some CGI because it was supposed to be, like, the afterlife. It seems like it was purgatory. Um, and, like, in between, like, she's, like, trying to follow, like, the light, you know. And she's with Patrick Dempsey, Derek Shepard, McDreamy is back. Um, it's really what we all needed in 2020, to be honest. And McDreamy's back on our screens. So anyway, Meredith turns, sees McDreamy, and she's like, I missed you. And he goes, I know. Sir, you can't do that to us. You can't do that to us and then just end the episode like that. So next week, it seems like Meredith is going to be stuck. She's in bed, obviously. Like, the Irish doctor found her. She's laying in bed. And... um. Like, we see Meredith laying in bed with Bailey comes to see her and, like, a few other people come to see her. And Bailey's saying, like, if your condition gets worse. And then you also see Meredith saying, um, I'm scared to go to sleep because if I go to sleep, I'm scared I won't wake up. So, obviously, she knows that when she saw Derek, that was, like, a sign that, like, she was close to death and, like, close to the afterlife. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen next week. But as of right now, I think that Grey's Anatomy did a really good job this episode portraying everyone's storylines in different directions and really having a lot of twists in there for the audience. Because I know I heard a lot of rumors that Patrick Dempsey was going to be back this episode. But in the past, they did a lot of CGI where they would take his character from past seasons and input him into the scene after he died so like meredith would be walking through the halls and she saw mark and derek and like i'm just excited that it's actual patrick dempsey now that he came back to film this episode and i really wish they brought him back like i really wish that 
Meredith woke up in a coma at the end of like the season that took place after Derek died. And like you found out that she was in the car with him and like she was in a coma also or something crazy like that. But Shonda didn't do that to us. And like, I guess it's fine. But Meredith really deserves someone. She deserves to find love. And we want that for her. We want that for Joe too. And all the characters. But I don't know what's going to happen. So all I have to say is, I guess we'll see what happens. And thank you for listening to episode two of Burning Questions. I hope to see you again for episode three, which is about to be the Bachelorette recap. Make sure you tune in. We're going to be talking about Tasha's season. And I would just like to thank you all for joining us. This is Burning Questions with your host, Burnett Conway. Thank you. Thank you.